pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome to GDC Cross One Life Left, live at GDC 2018. My name is Steve Curran. I'm Anne Scanthbury. I'm Jerry. I am Jerry. I thought we were going down the road. I don't know. I am, I'm, I, I, no, you go. I'm sorry. I'm still Jerry Bollock. I am also Jerry Bollock. No, I am Chris Graft. And I am Elena Muller. Uh, Chris, Anne and I, for the next four days, are going to be bringing you the best of GDC live at the top of the Park 55. We're a radio show. Uh, we do a radio show in London. Uh, it's about video games. It broadcasts on Resonance 104.4 FM. But while we're at GDC, we're also a Twitch stream. So we'll be, uh, we'll be bringing you some GDC shows for the next few days. This is our informal start to the week. In many ways, it's just an opportunity for us yeah. to... To break into the week, Um, we're gonna have we're gonna have guests throughout the week. uh, But I can't think of a better way to start than with the two guests we've got right now. Absolutely not. So tell us who you are and what brings you to GDC. Uh, Okay, I'm Jerry Bellick. Uh, I am a university professor. I teach game design Mm -hmm. uh, and alternative controller stuff. Okay. Uh, So, and alternative controllers are basically like a. Uh, hybrid of electronic and physical components. Sometimes it also has a digital component to it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they are just, uh, a, as kind of they say, an alternative way to control something, mm-hmm. or are kind of a standalone experience. Uh, so I've been doing uh, the alt control exhibit all five years now, uh, and this year is a little different for me because I created the alt control IGF award. Oh wow! Uh, which I put way too much work into. <laughs> Uh, because, of course, it can't just be a thing that you set down. It has to be very complicated. Of course. Uh, and <laughs> strange. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be weird. Describe re- it. Do the best that you can. Uh, it is a miniature television. I was hoping you say pony. With <laughs> a controller attached. With a pony. Uh, there's a giraffe in it. The giraffe... The, well, okay. Okay, so now I a, don't even know if like what's real or not. Like, so, okay, well, I'll, welcome I'll, to I my life you. all the time. Yeah, I want to uh, interrupt you now. So it's like a little TV, a little old-timey TV, uh, but it prints the screen... Mm-hmm. Uh, and when it's on, it will then print uh, either noise, like ASCII noise, mm-hmm. or other channels. Uh, there's antennas that are sensitive. There's backlight that flickers. Um, I hope it's okay that I say what it is. I don't know if there's a big reveal. I don't know. I, I mean, should, I guess I the show, know this. <laughs> show is the big reveal, I suppose. Oh, oh yeah. We'll strike that from strike the record. That. We're, we're, could, we're could starting like with that. a big exclusive, and yeah. that's yeah. that's the yeah. way One Life Left the rolls. The only way Whoops. is down from here. <laughs> yeah. So that so that was the that was probably the big thing I was working on for GDC. Mm-hmm. There was a talk that I didn't do. Okay. Um, it was, <laughs> it, it's it's it tale as old as time. I 
worked on a talk with a friend, Chris Totten, mm -hmm. uh, for the Education Summit, got accepted, and they're like, yay, you're in, but only one of you gets to do it. Oh my goodness. So how did you, yeah. how did how you did sort you it decide? out? So they do the whole, like, you go into a room. Hunger you well, yeah. I mean, right? You, you go in a room. They just starve you. Whoever <laughs> just whoever concrete. starves first. <laughs> so there's still like a skeleton of Chris in, yeah. in one of the rooms at the Moscone that's just wasting against the wall with the badge on. But he gets to give the talk. But yeah, yeah. so <laughs> he wins. Who's the winner here? Really? Yeah, he, really. he did it earlier today. Um, I which I found out after I got out of a different talk with a friend and realized mm -hmm. I'd forgotten to go to the talk that I worked oh. on. Oh. <laughs> I assume I can catch it on the vault. It's a shame because if you had attended that talk, you would have got the opportunity to review it, and that yeah, could have been a moment, couldn't it? Like, mm, boy, the arriving was just not so very Jerry. <laughs> the big thing I noticed. So th those are kind of the two big things. This is like the lightest GDC year I've ever had. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm about a year and a few months from finishing my MFA and Ohio stuff, and. And then I'm going to decide what to do next. Fantastic. Elena, what brings you to GDC? Well, what do you do and why are you here? Uh, yeah, so uh, my name is Elena. I am communications manager at Dutch Game Garden. So I'm from the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, we're an incubator and we have multiple game development hubs in the Netherlands, four of them at mm -hmm. the moment. Uh, and we support startups, like basically the people that you know want to make the best game ever, but they don't really necessarily know how to do all the business <laughs> stuff. Um, and we help them with that uh, through an incubation program, but also by finding publishers for developers that okay. have like promising games. Uh, we organize a bunch of events to create opportunities for them. Mm -hmm. uh, and besides that, personally, I'm also um, uh, involved with a, a foundation called Games for Diversity. And what we're going to do in June is basically put a bunch of LGBTQ plus 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 game developers on a boat at the Utrecht Canal Pride. So I thought that's this like was going to be a Hunger Games thing for a second. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no. It's just going to be a, a great party. We're mm -hmm. all going to dress up and cosplay, uh, basically show the, gr uh, the, the world uh, that game developers are not just white dudes in black shirts, but, you know... White dudes in red shirts also. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Blue shirts. And also on a boat. Why are you doing it on a boat? Uh, so, yeah, so it's the Canal Pride. Uh, it's like a tradition in the Netherlands. Uh, you have the Amsterdam Canal Pride, where yeah, you know, people show uh, that they're gay or they're uh, lesbian or any yeah type of person on that spectrum. Yeah. Um, and then Utrecht, which is the city I'm from, uh, also decided to do uh, a Canal Pride because the one in Amsterdam got so large. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we decided let's just you know have a game industry boat. Why not? Yeah, why not? And as far as I know, we're the first ones in the world doing like a Canal Pride. Yeah. I know, I know, in the San Francisco Gay Pride, there's been like you know PlayStation. Uh, yeah. Uh, but there are no canals so, here. No, there are so no canals. So they can't do it. Yeah, Wait, are so you, we're going to be on a boat. Are you sure? That's the one life yeah. left way, I'm yeah. afraid. Yeah. So yeah, I, I help organize uh, that as well. Uh, mm -hmm. It's been really great so far. Okay, so it's the start of the week. It's a very, yeah. very big week. Um, you know, Possibly the biggest week in a video game calendar. What are your hopes for this week, both of you? Ooh, hopes. 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 Uh, what do you want to achieve? What do you want to get out of uh, well, the game? Aside from defeating uh, Chris Totten and... Uh, <laughs> 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 <Yes>. <laughs> I'm really glad Chris was okay doing it, because he had another talk too, but I was like, I was just going to get so stressed out, and I don't want to do it by myself because I have other work to but, do. But your hopes. My yeah. hope We're on to hope. was... <laughs> my, my hopes. Uh, oh, I, I think just... Uh, it's the first time that I've been in a place where... I have this very specific like kind of runway ahead of me mm -hmm. that I know what's happening for that amount of time, but then I have no idea after that. Okay. Just like cliff edge. Mm. Uh, and, and I've been doing, uh, because I'm at the school and because I've been working on my MFA at, at Miami University um, while I'm teaching there, uh, it's been an interesting incubation period for me to figure out more about what it is that I do. Uh, since it is kind of this alternative controller and like uh, designing like puzzle rooms, escape room stuff, uh, and lots of just kind of immersive things, uh, but I've never like I've never worked for like a large like uh, game company before, uh, and that's not what I'm looking for. But 
But but if anyone's out there who wants to, yeah. Well, get but in touch. but I'm interested. It's like, well, what what did, what does it mean for somebody that does the kinds of things that I do in the game industry, mm-hmm. rather than like kind of these weird fringy places in the game industry, and the the kind of design work that I do? Because although I've been like coding many years, that's it's not really where I put most of my energy. It's just something that enables me to do the other things that I'm doing. So like, I would never work at a company and be like, I'm I'm gonna be the best coder at this thing. Hmm. I'm gonna make all the physics. <laughs> It'll, I'll, I'll be like, oh, I can talk Are to the person doing like the that? physics. <laughs> There's some people that, they like, they the just, physics. the things they know, they know so deeply, and it's so impressive and amazing, mm. but my brain just doesn't work that way. Mm. My brain is about connecting all the different pieces together, um, which, which is nice for, like, building teams and putting stuff together. So, hope-wise, mm. to wrap that all up... <laughs> uh, I think uh, making those connections with people and, and different small teams, and because it, it's been very isolating, and mm. that's been the hardest part is not being able to really get a chance to collaborate with a lot of people and work with a lot of people, and so I want to like find those those connections and find the people that it's like yes, like these are people I would really love to do work with, mm. so that when I finish things up in a year and some change, I've. I don't know, a place to go. Elena, what are you looking forward to this week? Um, well, so business-wise, I'm hoping you know to create opportunities for, mm-hmm. for the Dutch uh, games industry. But on a more personal level, I'm, I think I'm a little bit like you. I'm, I'm hoping for more uh, inspiration and you know talking to peers about uh, problems that we've been dealing with. Uh, I just came, uh, came from a sort of like, a, uh, I would call it support group, uh, sort of meetup of you know, different people around the world doing, uh, uh, basically supporting game developers. So people who work for associations or grants or, uh, you know, institutes that, that support game developers. And, you know, you, you sort of notice we're all dealing with the same things. Mm. Uh, you know, the game industry has uh, sort of like this uh, uh, image problem of, you know, for example, we had like really uh, big news, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn has been like, a huge success uh, it's it's technically a Dutch game so why is mainstream media not mm-hmm. talking about this why do we need to convince them uh, that this is a big deal also you know Rami winning an uh, ambassador award at GDC here uh, that's something we need to fight for and and need to make people aware of that this is like a really big honor yeah. really big deal and that's things that's you know, other countries are also struggling with. They also struggle with, with the negative image that uh, games, you know, in, in mainstream media have. We have to uh, get, we've got loads of guests. You can probably hear them in the yeah. background right now. So we have to wrap this up. I'm going to ask you for one tip. Uh, if you have to give someone one piece of advice for how they spend their week at GDC, uh, what would it be? Um, whew, that's, uh, that's, that's tough. Uh, I would... So what I do, I always ask people, what are your goals for for GDC? And I also also try to, you know, find people, uh, you know, connect people with each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the strong point. You know, we're all in this together in some way. Uh, how can I help you? How can you help me? Uh, I yeah. guess that's that's like the main thing. Yeah. Here. Um, I would say. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, definitely get some sleep. I, I, I think that's solid. Yeah. That's a oh, good yeah. answer. Get some, get some sleep, sleep. And, and just, like, don't don't be afraid of people. Just be I'm going to have to disagree with you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> be afraid of select people. You know, that's, okay. that's the beautiful part of GDC yeah. is just diverse people and diverse opinions. Be afraid of people and don't be afraid of people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> be wary. Be, be wary. Wary. Cautious. Be, yes, read cautious. the room. Or yeah. <laughs> read, <laughs> read the room. Read the room, read the room yeah. people. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Thanks okay. for having us. Time for new guests. Yeah. Welcome back to One Life Left X GDC. It just feels very aggressive. Cross. Cross. Cross GDC. Mm-hmm. Kiss GDC. Don't kiss uh, GDC. Um, we are joined by two fantastic new guests. Yes, would you like to introduce yourselves? Or each other. Or each other. Please introduce each <laughs> no. other. I think this is a new... <laughs> no, no, actually, you've gone high risk. I just did like, like a really difficult task for myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. All right. We'll introduce ourselves. <laughs> we'll do. Rami, go ahead. 
Uh, I am Rami Ismail, I'm one half of Dutch Independent Studio of Lambeer, creators of Super Great Box, Ridiculous Fishing, Nuclear Throne, and I am a public speaker and world traveler. And I am Martin Spans, I am a publisher of casual games, uh, like Hidden Object, Mastery, Time Management, all types of games that typically are very, very much loved by an audience of older women. So I provide games for them. Good. What do, do older women make a good audience? You can never say like that all the women. Good, thank you. Thank you for checking Not all. Not all older women. Not all older women. So what are you doing at GDC this year? Um, mainly meeting developers and checking out some new good games. Um, you know, it's like even though you have the feeling that you know a big chunk of the audience, that every year there's going to be so many new teams working on amazing new projects, there's always so much more to explore. And when you say explore, do you mean spy on? Yes, yes, totally. Good. Still ideas. It's always good no, to no. start an interview by accusing a guest of plagiarism. <laughs> <laughs> I am already so scared for what's happening next. Uh, Rami, why are you here at GDC? Uh, well, the main reason for me to be here is uh, is a panel called uh, One Reason to Be, which is a diversity panel that focuses on geographical diversity. So, in the the really the main focus is trying to bring a selection of six speakers from uh, five non-Western territories out to GDC to give them the opportunity to be here, to meet people, to network, uh, and then give a presentation, give a talk at the panel on uh, on Thursday, and then take the knowledge, the network, everything back to their local communities and then help establish communities there. And I'm also here to do some work for Flambeer. I am receiving an award on Wednesday, which is a tremendous honor, but like really my main focus is, is the panel. You've got a lot going on this week. It is quite an overwhelming week. Uh, GDC is always sort of like the weird like cluster of the year. Like it's honestly my, my, my calendar starts at GDC, yeah. like that's where my year starts. And is this your January? This is my January. Actually, like it's more like the day after GDC is my January. <laughs> <laughs> this is like that weird this week Christmas. of Christmas, oh, the, the week where three. everything is stressful, but we all pretend it's all super happy and great because it's kind of a responsibility towards your family. So, like what what I can understand is that organizing the number one reason to be this year went completely without a hitch. It was, <laughs> it was flaw fine. flawless. Totally um, fine. No, no. no problems getting people uh, people over here. It was it, it it has genuinely been heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I I get to. I get to meet people when I travel around the world, and I, I travel everywhere from, from South Africa, uh, Africa, South America, Asia, uh, the Middle East, and I meet all these amazing people with these amazing stories, and, and you, the, the thing that gets you when you travel and, and you meet these people is, you know, when you make games in, in, in the US, in the UK, in Canada, we, we have so many things that are sort of taken for granted, like we've proven that the games industry is a profitable, lucrative business even though it's not for everybody like it couldn't it can be like you can point your parents at like you know the, these people are successful that's successful like if you watch indie game the movie they're all Americans or Canadians like we we don't have to overcome that mythology there's press that writes in a language that's globally accessible there's a, a local industry there's triple A's there's schools there's all of these things and then there are people developing games in countries where sometimes this, the power just goes out for like two weeks and they literally, when they're done at the day of work and they've designed their level, they take drawing paper to trace the work they've done so that if the power goes out tomorrow, they can keep working on the level and just like... And this is a real thing, like the passion that these people have to work in our medium is, is unrivaled. Like it is, it is by, beyond compare really to anything we know. So I get to pick six of these people and tell them, hey, we're going to pay for your flight, we're going to pay for your hotel, we're going to pay for your GDC ticket, we're going to get you out, you're going to be on this stage, all you need to do really is get your visa. And then three weeks later you get the email and they've tried for their visa and they just got rejected. So can you talk about which countries got rejected this year? So most of the speakers that have been rejected have mm -hmm. requested me to not make a big deal out of it because they are worried. I don't know if you know what happens when your visa gets rejected, but effectively you have to put a checkbox on your any future Forever. visa application. Yeah. Um, and they just don't want to put their countries in situations mm. where they're like thought of as suspicious. But I had some speakers that were okay with me talking about it. So I had a, a Russian speaker that was rejected, um, which was a bit, honestly, a bit of a surprise. Less of a surprise was the Syrian developer because, the, I mean, they literally, I think the embassy just kind of like grinned and went like, no, absolutely not. Um, 
I had a uh, South American speaker wow. rejected. I had uh, two African speakers rejected. Um, and my last dropout was actually not a visa rejection. It was somebody who just didn't want to risk applying for a visa because of the yeah. no checkbox that they would have to, to check for the rest of their life. And they said, I would be honored to be on the panel after this whole thing mm. blows over. So, so can we talk about the successes who you do have on the panel? I have a, I mean, the end, the, the, the final lineup is incredible because it's not like with, with the, the six, the six dropouts that I've had that the, the amount of amazing stories around the world has, has run out. So, uh, I have, I have a group of amazing speakers. Uh, one of my favorites, um, is a, a young Filipinian developer from the Philippines. Uh, and he's actually a replacement for, uh, somebody, uh, named, uh, Gwendolyn Foster, who is, is generally considered sort of like the mother of the local, uh, community. Um, her visa didn't make it, uh, but she she suggested this young developer that has been helping in the local community, like really pulling beyond his like age and weight to like help. And um, he sent me the first pitch for uh, for his uh, micro talk at the panel, and it's just this incredibly poignant, powerful talk that I'm really excited to share with everybody. Um, I have a Romanian developer that really last minute got flown in uh, because um, she's actually underway now because wow. I messaged her yesterday morning that she was my backup for the, for the speaker yeah. that uh, backed out. Um, I started planning this in September of last year for context. Like it's not like this is one of those Rami last minute things. This is like something that I genuinely try to do. And with September of last here. year for you is July according <laughs> to the calendar that you've worked on. So that's yeah. crazy. So it's been it's been very painful, but I'm very proud of where we are now, and I hope the panel is going to be you know like I hope people come to the panel just to make the statement that this is the politics and not mm -hmm. the people. And I think as an industry, uh, making that statement even for those who have been rejected, but also for the people who dream of being at GDC, like I think that matters. So I'm I'm really hopeful that the industry will come out and show their support. I think that you're uh, talking about the diversity of game developers here, and having Martina on the panel as well. Uh, we're talking about how games are actually broader than a lot of people assume they are, because I'm, I'm sure uh, the radio show that this goes out on Back at Home, One Life Left, uh, and the station, we have a lot of listeners who don't play video games, and so just as they might assume that all games are made by you know Western developers, um, all games are not made for teenage boys. Right, and. It's kind of also fascinating to me, like um, here in in this country, the current you know discussion has been going on about video games are bad and stuff. It's like, well, what people seem to think that video games are just one thing and it's just about shooting other people, right? Well, there's so many other things that I mean, digital Sudoku is a video game, like mm -hmm. you know, a game of solitaire or Minesweeper that was already on our machines 30 years ago. That's a video game. Right, so how how can this be seen as something bad and violent? As in, almost everyone basically who you know has a, I'd say everyone in the world plays games, and a big part of us does it digitally. Um, and you know, like how how can that be seen as one unified bad thing? Like put a stamp on it, like this this is bad. Um, so I don't know, it's it's kind of fascinating to me because people don't realize that they are gamers while they are. Um, and it's typically my audience as well, where. You know, you'll, you'll start talking to them, um, you know, and say like, "Oh, I don't play video games." And then he asks like, "Oh, what do you have installed on your tablet?" And I'm like, "Oh, yeah. you know, I have like yeah. Candy Crush and this yeah. and that and that." So like, how how are those not games? How can you not be a gamer then? Like, oh yeah, I guess you're right. I never thought of myself that way. Some people try to take away people's gamer cred, and you're giving them. Right? <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> I'm enabling everything. Do you feel like things are changing? Like with uh, we've had you on the show before, and I'm seen your other GDCs, do you see a change year on year? Very slowly, gradually, I guess. Um, I mean, it, it used to be like maybe, you know, up to like five, six years ago, we were talking about, oh, you know, I do match three games and hidden objects, but like, it's not real games, right? Do you also make real games? <laughs> um, and nowadays, I don't get the response anymore. Like, people actually see like, okay, that is that is actually like a serious market and there's still a lot of potential for it. Um, I guess that's also thanks to... Um, I mean, you know, like other studios who focus on hidden objects like Vuga, you know, with their Agent Alice and Pearl's Peril, like, you know, pretty successful games. They've done really, really well. They've kind of, like, 
put a marker out there for the genre. And there's yeah. some other some some other games that have done like you know really really well. And then of course for Match Three, well yeah, obviously there was Candy Crush. Like after so many others, I mean if you go back, there's even Bejeweled, you know, that uh, was was out. I think Bejeweled is, is soon gonna be like 20 years old already. You know, the whole IP. I was it. playing so much Bejeweled on the plane on the way over here, and I realized how annoying it must have been to the guy whose seat I was going in front of. And it was only when he got up and gave me a look when he was on his way to the toilet, I was like, I think I just need to watch a film. This is like the one time I'm in favour of somebody reclining. That's a revenge for Isn't it in your interest, though, if you're at GDC and they're like, oh, do you make real games? And then you should just be like, um, like you don't want them to know that there's actually a market there. Then you can kind of corner that market. You can have it for yourself. It's like, it's like, no, they're not. I agree, they're not real games. You should definitely don't stay away from it. Those people, they don't monetize. They don't like the games. They're really bad to communicate with. No, actually, but that's also another point. Like these people who, you know, I mean, we we make kind of a point of answering every customer support email and every, uh, well, not every review, but like a lot of the reviews, a lot of Facebook posts and everything, like engaging with our community. And, um, you know, the metrics with like, why would you spend so much time and effort on people who are on average not monetizing? You know, maybe like 1% of them is maybe spending something in your game. Why would you put effort into the 99 other percent? And I, you know, I see it differently. I think more as like, well, you know, you're kind of, um, it, it's it's important to kind of uh, have people kind of love your game, and then they might even show you like, you know, decide like, hey, I love this game so much, and there's so much effort into it, I'm gonna put a few dollars into it, right? So um, yeah, we kind of have have that approach, and and it's been working really well in in multiple wonderful ways where we had like comments like, oh, um, actually, I, um, you know, I have this, this terrible disease and I have to spend like 20 hours a day in bed and your games really help me to sort of forget the time and get through the day, you know, and um, I mean, I guess that's a comment that could be applied to just any game, um, but it's so lovely when people actually kind of, you know, open their hearts to us because we put all these efforts into customer support and, you know, they just like that also... Um, that also helps them to really become a fan of the game, and you know, just it's so just lovely. We have to get on with the next set of guests, but right. one last question, one tip from each of you uh, on how you should spend your week at a games conference. Um, not too long in one place. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. I, wow. Oh, okay. okay. Wow. See okay. ya. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Nice. No, but I mean, it's, it's just to clarify, <laughs> nothing personal. <laughs> no, I mean, sometimes I, I, I talk to others and like, oh yeah, I spend like the the entire day uh, into, you know, or the entire night into this and this party, or the entire day into this and this like booth, mm -hmm. and I spend the entire day talking to this and this person, and that is wonderful. Um, but there's there's so much. I mean, there's like thirty thousand people here, right? So. Um, you know, I, I, I typically walk a lot, like 30,000 steps a day or something here, and um, yeah, that's, 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 you know, for a good reason. I, One step per person. A step per person. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's right, yeah. there you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think for me, like, conferences in the end are always about the people. Mm -hmm. Like, there's, there's absolutely tremendous value in talks, there's tremendous values in, in workshops and, in, um, you know, parties, stuff like that. But in the end, it's just about people. So if you are at a conference, try to spend time with people. Try to spend time being able to spend time with people. So, you know, if you're an introvert, take some time away. Like, go back to your hotel, take some rest. Um, I try to, as a base rule for myself, I try to leave every conference having made two good new friends. Not like met hundreds of people, because I meet hundreds of people at, of at each event. Like, just two good friends. Every conference, if I can keep that up, then I am, I'm good. I try, I try that, but I end up making two new enemies. <laughs> yeah, that's... Like, every... every <laughs> that's a connection. That's a connection still, still a connection. Yeah, so. uh, like people say, like, people hating you is still be better than people not caring about but you. But hopefully you don't operate on a one-in, one-out basis. So you make two <laughs> friends, and then I'm, off the bottom... Yeah, yeah just <laughs> add two friends. Just a little bit spaces. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, thank you. Oh, sorry. One, one more comment. One I, I kind of noticed a tiny trend of people saying I won't, I don't buy an Expo Pass anymore because mm -hmm. I don't need it anyway. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the, don't forget why this conference is here and why we all get here. You know, I think it's 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 important to also to support the show, right? Support GDC. Agreed. Alright, so good to talk to you both. Uh, we'll see you around the conference. Pleasure. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Mm.
Welcome back to the what is this called again? One Life Left Cross GDC. I think GDC across or GDC one cross. Life. So yeah, they're the one. Um, yeah, I was gonna say they're the one funding this, but they're literally not anymore. No, we've we were we've yeah. gone rogue. Yeah, we we have. This is like the punk version. Yeah. of One Life Left Cross GDC Cross One Life Left. However you want to cross everyone. Yeah, cross everyone. So anyhow, um, <laughs> yeah, um, we, we're back and we have a couch full. Yeah, we have three new guests. We've had to. We've got so to many guests. Shove in the corner. <laughs> Which isn't really. Uh, it's really cozy though, so mm-hmm. I'm happy. I'm fine, guys. Don't we worry about me. We are not putting the women in the corner. Yeah. No, this is not the we're metaphor. We're actually here. putting them center. Center. So. Center and at the back. <laughs> So uh, we can start at the end here, and then just work our way. Hello, I'm First, the end. wait, wait, hold on. We'll start there, and then, and then middle. Oh, Chris. That feels very heightless because I'm the shortest, and then it goes up and up. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Cool. So I'm Ty Kelly, I'm game designer, uh, game developer, developer relations person at a super secret tech company. Um, and I lived in the UK for a bunch of years, and then I came here and kind of became American a while ago, ish. Uh-huh. So you became an American. Ish. Ish. So close, I, I, I'm close. over my five-year kind of mark now, so they can't kick me out for any reason anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try and uh, see what we can do about that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll start that. I'm Martin. I go by Gatefucked on the internet, which is Swedish. It's really impractical, but I, I'm s- it's too late. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. Uh, I make the video games. Or one of those dirty indies. <laughs> <laughs> which means I can do whatever I want, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'm Daniel. I work uh, for a company, a British company called Improbable. Improbable. Right. That sounds likely. Boom. So, is everyone here British except me? Is that what's happening? I'm Irish. Oh, it's close enough. Okay. Ooh. Wow. Oh, okay. This is, mean... Shall we? Shall we? Just... I'm, from, I'm from Sweden. <laughs> yeah. This one could take a while. Basically, that I'm, <laughs> I'm not British. Do we have an informative PowerPoint presentation on this one? <laughs> so, tag. Mm. You've written a book. I am writing a book. I've been writing a book sort of forever, but I'm almost finished. So, um, so by yeah. the time this gets broadcast on Resonance FM, absolutely, you'll have not. written a book. At least another four years, but whatever. Tell us about the book. It's a game design book. Um, so I've been working on it for. I used to write a lot of um, articles. I used to write um, uh, Column on Edge. I used to write for Gamma Sutra occasionally, um, and uh, and I wrote a game design blog forever called What Games Are. And I stopped all of that about four years ago because a book publisher wrote me in advance and I was like, yeah, it'll be fine, I'll do this in a year, no worries. Four years later, God knows how many words later, um, it's, it's actually getting to the point where it's finally crystallized into a shape and it's something that I don't hate every time I look at it. So yeah, we're getting to the point where it's nearly I wish gone. I could make something like that that I just don't hate. Yeah. Right. And, 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 and it has a shape. Right. It's <laughs> an amorphous block. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you're not done yet, so there's still time. There's still time. There's I was thinking this must be your third book or something, but this no. is actually the third time you've been on the radio show talking probably about Probably talking book. about exactly <laughs> the same book. book. And every time I've probably said something, it's kind of like, yeah, it's really getting good. Like It's, so, it's getting close. Um, what's the blurb on the back of the book going to so. The blurb in the back of the book is going to start, it, so the book title is Core Game Design, mm-hmm. and it's all about how in the game dev process, the hardest thing for basically any team to uh, to get to is a clear understanding of what it is they're trying to build at all. Like communication mm-hmm. is what we always talk about, but it's it's like games are almost it's almost like there's a hard problem around being able to describe them properly before you build them. So which is why you end up prototyping and why you end up sort of discovering them and all that sort of stuff. But what tends to happen a lot with studios when they do that is they tend to go off the rails a lot or they tend to um, clone whatever game they like kind of into the ground and kind of get trapped into a very small space. Um, So my book is about trying to help studios uh, figure out what it is they're making and sort of like stay on a process and a road uh, while at the same time having the flexibility to like change their minds or realize that it's not working or like those, those kinds of things. The game core, if you like. When is it not working? Uh, and what do you do when it's not working? When, when do you? Well, you try, I suppose, and um, figure that out before you spent all your money, <laughs> which tends to be not what people do. I think it's it's a lot to do with kind of just being really so being really hard about what it is you're trying to build in the first place. Being really constrained, really limited to an extent, really kind of clear about okay, for the next two weeks we're just going to try and do this rather than we're going to do eight things all at the same time or like. Uh, that we're gonna we're gonna sort of very carefully work our way through uh, like the various problems that we run across rather than kind of getting very panicked, which is what a lot of studios tend to do. Um, so yeah, so it's it's um, it's those kinds of things. Is this all coming from experience? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're bitter experience. Lots of bitter experience. <laughs> yep, yep. Is there experience that isn't bitter? <laughs> not, not in my. Not experience. in my bitter experience. <laughs> yep. 
like most people who work in the industry, I've worked on way more failed projects than succeeded, so I've seen failure a lot, so I can write about it. It's really hard to segue out of that into another guest, because you're like, <laughs> speaking <laughs> of failure! <laughs> <laughs> so, clean break, mm -hmm. palate cleanse. Mm -hmm. Daniel, tell Hi. us about Improbable. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, Improbable is a British startup. <laughs> We're based in London. We have, uh, we have an office here in San Francisco. Uh, we are... Uh, a platform for game development, basically. So we uh, we provide a a platform called Spatial OS, uh, and the idea of that is effectively to network large numbers of servers in the cloud uh, to create a kind of large, seamless canvas for for building game worlds on. Um, so primarily online multiplayer games. So is the idea that you harness the power of lots of computers that aren't with the person to solve complex problems? Somewhat, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, how do you make a really good game is, as Ty just said, you know, that's a really complex problem. And I think, you know, one answer to that seems to be, you know, you want very immersive games. You want games where you can play with a lot of people. Uh, you want games where you can have an extremely detailed world. Yeah. Uh, those are those kinds of problems in game design. And uh, one of the problems with, with dedicated server architecture is that you can optimize and you can do amazing things with game design. Mm -hmm. um, but there is a kind of, there's a hard limit of compute that you come up against. Mm. Are there, so I, we talked to you last year, or we talked to Herman on the radio yeah, show yeah. last year, and that was quite early, I think, uh, mm. at least in Improbable's yeah. public uh, life. We talked about some of the projects that mm -hmm. uh, were being worked on. Are any of those out in the real world? Can people touch them? Yeah, um, there's a uh, there's a game by Boston Studios, Worlds Adrift, okay. um, also based in London. Um, that's in uh, closed beta at the moment, but. Uh, you can go to, to the website and, and get a key. Uh, we're showing some new stuff this year. We have a stand at GDC, um, and there's some, there's some really exciting and interesting stuff there. And also we've built a, a demo of our own which shows some of the, uh, the cases, basically the use cases for so, that kind so of technology. So basically, if you're going to implement the cloud, mm -hmm. as far as like games go, the, the cloud, that's the right terminology, right? I think, it, I think you got away with I that. I got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but like it just enables. I mean, like the advantage is it seems like with Worlds Adrift is that just a ton of people can just hang out in the same place, so they could be like, eh, hey. I mean, it's a ton of people going, eh, hey, sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a ton of people. It's also like a ton of a ton of stuff. I think that's the technical. Is that right, Steve? Stuff. I think stuff so. is stuff right. Is, yeah. yeah. Um, I think so, these days it's crypto stuff. <laughs> sure. Oh yeah. But, no, isn't it block stuff? I think block it's block stuff. stuff. Yeah. yeah stuff, stuff, stuff chain. Stuff yeah. chain. Yeah. Stuff, stuff chain. chain. Stuff yeah. chain. Um, but yeah, like lots of you can have you can have worlds with lots of just stuff in which you can kind of pick up and play around with mm -hmm. and and build. You know, one of the interesting things is physics. You know, if you have if you have lots and lots of <laughs> as my physics teacher it's used good. to say. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, like if you have lots and lots of things which you can kind of throw and balance on things and, and sort of organize uh, complex Heath Robinsonian uh, or Rube Goldbergian, I guess, for the American oh. audience. Uh, devices with that's kind of it's a thing that you can do it's mm -hmm. it's more depth to the gameplay that kind of thing um i have a slightly personal question if it's all right to go is there. it about the cloud is the cloud too personal <laughs> <laughs> well so this is legitimately terrifying <laughs> so gdc feels like the kind of place where you could have this conversation and explain what you do at improbable and people will go hi yeah i get it what do you do when you talk to perhaps family members, older family members, about what you do? How do you explain it to them in ways that they could understand it? I do something with computers. <laughs> cool. So you play video games for a living? That's uh, right. Yeah, I play video games for a living. Um, I think that I mean it's a series I think of tubes. It is a series of tubes. I think if you have if you have a sense of the idea of like you know what a game is and then what a multiplayer game is. Hey, what games are? That's Tag's thing. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, cross-promotion. Yeah. Martin. Yeah. Although I'm, I'm hurt you didn't go for, for my suggested title, What Game Is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Martin. Yes. What are games and what games are you making? I'm, I'm trying to make a new game. Okay. I made a game which feels like I released it like yesterday. It turns out it's two years ago now. Right. Which is terrifying. Uh, and what was that game? It was Twofold Inc. Mm -hmm. Twofold Incorporated, I guess. I, I never really decided <laughs> what Inc. stands for, but whatever. Um, and I'm a, like, I'm a solo game developer. I was I was on parental leave for eight months, so mm -hmm. two years. Swoosh. And I started a new game project, and it didn't work out. So I started a second one, and it didn't work out. Okay. And this is number three, and I'm hoping this one's going to work out. Um, are you are you talking about it here at GDC? Is it still a secret? 
It's a little bit secret. Okay. What um, can you say? It's about bouncing balls. Ooh. Love them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that sounds like a winner. It's such a. It's so hard not to get all juvenile about it, but it is. It is. Yeah. It's you're bouncing balls. And it has physics, and it's cool. And when physics. You, when you look to cloud, cloud, <laughs> stuff, when you stuff. when you look to <laughs> make okay. a game these days, and you, you're looking for this game to sort of support you, yeah, you've got an idea. Do you try and put that idea in the shape of other games that are successful, or do you just stick it out there? It becomes a creative work, and it's entirely you. I wish there was more process to it, but most of it is like, here's a thing I think I might want to make, and I just start making it. And I figure it out as I go along. Okay. Which is good and bad. It's something I get away with because it's just me. I don't need to communicate what I'm doing to anyone necessarily. I could just yeah. start working, and I'm like I do do it all, so I could just go. Uh, which is mostly good, but sometimes also kind of bad because I no one's telling me off when I'm being an idiot. Yeah. Um, except way later when the game's out and I get messed up. Yeah. What What I'm interested in is like the line between. Mm. This could make it more commercially successful, but it isn't the thing I want to do. I try not to think about that too much because <laughs> it's such a. I don't know if it's. It feels like a responsible thing to do, yeah. but like I'm not. This is not. A, I'm not. And responsible. A responsible person. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I have video games in me, and I need to get them out. Get them out, and, <laughs> and somehow I managed to like make enough money that I can continue making yeah. this. And it was not by considering <laughs> what the, the, the best financial lesson. decision. But would I, be. I really think that that's a lesson that you can destroy the thing you're making by trying to make the correct mm. financial decision, yeah. which stops that thing from selling because it's yeah. not a work anymore it and it seems like a correct financial decision yep. would be to put like ads in it make it free to play and uh -huh. I don't want to do it <laughs> so don't do it uh, we have a question that we've been asking people which is if you get to give one piece of advice uh, for how people should spend their week at a games conference what is it Daniel I mean talk to people I guess mm -hmm. um, like obviously you know, there are a whole bunch of stands. I think you know, there's a lot you can do where you, if you actually want to know something, you know, this is a great opportunity to go to a place and say, "Hi, there are ten people standing right here, all of whom are very eager to tell me, you know, <laughs> to answer the specific question that I want answered from a bunch of different perspectives within a single company." Um, but today, you know, I've been at Moscone West, just kind of hanging out, mm -hmm. uh, and that's that's a very luxurious position to be in, yeah. um, you know, before the expo kicks off. Uh, and and just being able to to see people who are building projects, who are incredibly passionate about them, who are yeah, who have games inside them and they need to get them out. Basically. <laughs> uh, that is sounds like a digestive yeah. thing. Yeah, like, how, how can you be emetic, sure it's a game? The emetic, <laughs> the emetic model of game design. Yeah, yeah. Um, just have gas made. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what, these yeah. one pe these um, single people with single visions. It's just I incredible. Think, so when I come to GDC, I tend to plan the hell out of everything beforehand. So I, I'm one of these. I've become one of these people who has a calendar of death. Mm -hmm. I'm, it tells me where I'm going all the time mm -hmm. and all that sort of stuff. But I actually try to uh, stay open at the same time. So like, there's a lot of kind of work things I need to do. But all of my best GDC experiences have almost invariably come from a thing I never heard about and then I just mm -hmm. ran across it on the way to something else. Here um, we are. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this is it. This is it. You guys. And like over the years, like I've made so many great friends doing that. I've discovered so much about something I thought I knew everything about and turned out I knew nothing about. I've um, I've ended up in a lot of like pretty fun parties off the back of a dude who was like, yeah, come on, you know, or yeah. that kind of thing. And, and it's why I cherish this conference way more than basically any other. So talk to people, let things happen to you. Mm -hmm. and I was going to say the exact same thing. Okay. Like, be ready to like go with the flow because yeah. yeah, all the coolest things that have happened to me has been just random people I've run into, parties mm -hmm. I've broken into maybe. Broken uh, into parties? Well, not actually. Broken, Houses. Like, <laughs> <laughs> some of that, yeah. Uh, which is like random stuff that happened to you that didn't plan beforehand. But yep. I guess it also involves putting yourself in the position where that could happen to you. Mm -hmm. yeah. If you stay in your hotel or hostel, uh, nothing cool is probably going to happen. So you need to get out there a little bit. But the but like the one time you leave the hostel, something cool happens in the hostel. And it's like, right. you should have been around. <laughs> you missed you out. In the hostel. Yeah, that, <laughs> the hostel that's party. like a secondary yeah. thing. Like, there's going to be like 10,000 things happening yeah. all at the same time. 
uh, like all the good talks are going to be in the same time slot. You're going to yeah. miss stuff. It's yeah. just inevitable. Yeah, the fear and of you missing out. Thing yeah, just is don't just worry like, about just it. Just let it go. There's, yeah. there's yeah. no winning that. Yeah. 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 Uh, brilliant to have you all on the show. Yeah, uh, we'll you. catch up later in the week. Absolutely. Thanks very much. We've been having some great chats about uh, Fahrenheit and Celsius. Um, so, it, so we thought it was time to bring the mics back up. Yeah. We uh, wouldn't want you to miss out on any of the hot temperature chats. So, so like people, people should know um, who are watching this now or in the future. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone's watching this right now. <laughs> but like, I wonder if people are watching in the future, though. <laughs> yeah, 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 should know that we we do keep the guests before they come on in basically a holding, holding <laughs> before we let them out. So when you see them out here, they're already completely demoralized, yeah. tired, hungry, broken wills down. broken, spirits gone. A full Dave GDC gone by. Uh, yeah. just it, it, just makes, it just makes for a better show. So, you know, clean start. Okay. Can, uh, can you all introduce yourselves, please? Hi, I'm David, and I'm here to uh, let everybody know about Shadowverse, the collectible card game, where you can million a million dollars. Oh, no, I don't dollars. know how much longer I'll be able to get away with that. <laughs> uh, I'm Adriel Wallach. I'm an independent game developer and also organizer of Train Jam. I'm Anisha Sarkeesian. Done. I run a nonprofit called Feminist Frequency. We uh, provide feminist intersectional intersectional feminist analysis of popular culture. I'm also the destroyer of the games industry. You know, I, you know, I was looking for the games industry. I just saw like a burning pile of rubble the other day. I know. Day. It it's very like, weird. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I have this like, Godzilla a... image of you just like stomping through this like, video <laughs> games village. Adriel, yeah. you took a train through this burning rubble. Yes. Is that referring to America Really great segue. Yeah, that was a super good segue. Can you tell us a little bit about what happened? Um, well, we went on a train. Mm-hmm. Basically, Train Jam is a game jam on a train. It goes mm-hmm. from Chicago to San Francisco, and we do it every year right before GDC. So this was our fifth year, which was super exciting, mm-hmm. and our second year renting out an entire train, which I've learned recently that an entire train is 342 people, which is really fun. Does that include the crew? No, that's just us. The crew okay. is like another 10 people. They have their own yeah. crew car. We don't even Were have. they making a game in the crew car as well? They weren't, but I think I've convinced some of them for next year, okay, which would be really, really So fun. next year you'll have like three, four, six or yeah. something, four of them, then you keep taking over. Yeah, but Eventually year, the driver is making a game. Yeah. And then, oh, and then we crash. And then <laughs> yeah. It should just be one long yeah, train. Like, into into yeah, right? <laughs> like, yeah, it makes sense. But it was nice because the, the ride was super beautiful this year. Because okay. like, you know, going from Chicago to San Francisco, you end up going through the Rocky Mountains and then these beautiful red canyons. And then there's these deserts. And then we go up through Donner Pass. And there was a big storm. So it was all snowy. We had to get a plow in front of us. It was super fun. How, how long oh, does it take? It's a 52-hour long 52. train ride. Although this year it was 54 because we had to wait for the plow. How, how <laughs> how, did the, how, did the, how does that with the, the plow like? So it's it's called a flanger, and what it is is what we know. We know. Just <laughs> <laughs> we know about the flanger. Anyway, it's called a flanger because apparently flanging is like an actual word, and it flanges. Which wow. what that is is it's like it's like this powerful engine, and then it has these like plows that specifically are like down and out, so that it uh. pushes the snow and the ice away, so it doesn't build up on the track. Yeah, and so you had we had to have a flanger escort through all of Donner Pass. That is cool. Yeah. A flanger escort, interesting. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I know how, how so much more about trains than I feel like I so, should. Okay, so how do they get? This could become all about trains now. <laughs> like, how do they get the flanger in front of? Do they chopper it in? No. <laughs> Drop it on the... There's this thing called a bubble track, and so you have the track that goes normally, and then you have this little like outshoot that mm-hmm. goes there, like off to the side. And so what happens is there's just sort of a flanger that hangs out there all the time, and there's two tracks. So there was a flanger that came at us, then went into the bubble track. There's a flanger coming at us. <laughs> and then there's a flanger that comes around and goes in front of us to escort us down. So it flanges one way and flanges the other. Yeah, and you can't really see that because it's all the way at the front. No, but you can see the flanger. So it's not like you're like making games just like, huh, huh. Yeah, no, well, so there's if you go around the corner, if it's like a steep enough corner, you can see the flanger, but you can also see the counter flanger when we go by. After this is a game. This is fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, this Did is someone make a game on the game jam about, about flangers? flangers? Uh, I don't think a lot of people on the train knew about Flanders. Oh. I, they, I, I talked to the conductors a lot, so I know all the things about Flanders. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, but I'm maybe next year. Maybe now that they know about the Flanger. 
So David, you're shilling a video game, Shadowverse the collectible card game, where you can win a million dollars. Yeah, it's, it's like blocked out now. Like, I don't even know it. I don't remember. It's like a banner ad. I just don't see it. <laughs> Maybe I'm not targeting these banner ads. Correctly. So we've we've had a lot of people on the show so far already this year, and they've been developers. You know, uh, talking about video games. Also, different roles in the video game industry, but we haven't had someone who's here to represent a video just game. Just a shill. Thing. Just a shill. Uh, what are you going to be doing over the course of the week? Uh, I'm actually just hoping to meet interesting people, share mm-hmm. the love, share the knowledge. Like, so, Shadowverse <laughs> is a Japanese game. And, you know, like, in the old days, people used to love Shadowverse. Uh, in the old days, in the old days, back in olden yeah. times, in the old days, people used to love Japanese games, right? So, like, you could just release a Japanese game, and everybody would be like, "Wow, it's made in Japan! Like, amazing! Like, I have to play it." But like now, I feel like Japanese games have got a bit of a reputation for being, you know, like kind of free to play, kind of boring, kind of games. So, like, our work is kind of cut out. Like, but actually, like, the game is really good. Like, the reason I joined the company is because I, I really enjoy the game. So over here, I'm just hoping to to let people know about it and allow, let people know about what we do. We also do like a, a load of other stuff, like we sponsor a bunch of stuff, like we sponsor Street Fighter teams, Magic the Gathering teams, football teams. Do you know Juventus? It's a football team in Italy. Um, we sponsor them. Like, so our CEO is just a guy who likes things and so likes sharing the love. So I'm here to share the love. How important is uh, GDC to Japanese firms? Uh, I, I mean, GDC is very like kind of I don't know like aimed at like I don't know my impression is that it's a very kind of industry type uh, thing it's like not a consumer facing thing right so for example like the other people from my company who are here is includes like a guy from like a research team who's doing a talk about AI driven play testing for example mm-hmm. like it's that kind of vibe whereas like my role is much more consumer facing so it's not that important for me but it's important for them I guess like to let people know that we're doing interesting things with AI and play testing not Trains at the moment, but I'm sure we can, sponsor, <laughs> I'm sure we can sponsor some trains. You, you some don't point. start with trains, you yeah, work any, up to trains. Anybody watching yeah. who uh, is interested in sponsorship opportunities for trains, please get in touch. <laughs> Anita, what are you doing this week? I am looking at a lot of games and seeing what cool things are coming out and what people are working on, which is kind of one of. I feel like it's for a lot of. So, a lot of what I do too is just networking, right? Is mm. like meeting people and taking taking meetings and all boring shit that doesn't make this interesting to talk about. But so my favorite part is actually like going to like the Indie Mega booth or Day of the Devs and seeing what people are working on. And like, I played a game today called, um, oh my God. I don't remember what it was That's called. A really good name. <laughs> it was patisserie something and it's an edible game. What? So like, uh, yeah. So is you, that by uh, Jen Sandercock? She yeah. Was yeah. She, she was on Train Jam. Show. She made an edible game on Train Jam. Oh, no way. Yeah. That's awesome. She was yeah. on the show last year. She brought a game and opened it and... But it we want it. It's so cool. It smelled so nice. So yeah. this game is set in... I'm promoting someone else's game. Here we go. <laughs> I don't even know what it's called. Uh, but if you go to Instagram.com slash Femfreak, uh, our stories, there are pictures of the game that I played uh, earlier today. But it's set in World War Two, and you are decoding... Uh, like where you're you're a part of the resistance and you're decoding where you need to meet up and so the uh, cream puffs that you each have like the flavors and the colors of them are part of the code so you actually have to like eat it in order to yeah it's really good yeah it's a really good idea mind-blowing and she's making a cookbook uh, with this whole concept so that's amazing it's very cool so things like that right where the, you have to be in person to play that game or like the opportunity to meet developers and talk to them about uh, what they're making and the motivations behind it. Like, I, I really value that opportunity in this space. Uh, so you've been coming to GDC for, how, do you know how many years? This is my fourth year. So do you have any good tips for people who are here? How, how to get the best out of GDC? I feel like uh, I am not a great person to ask. No, but like I... It's very honest. No, I'm not, but here's the thing is I'm like, I'm video games adjacent. Like I know that a lot of people think of me as like in the games industry, but I'm not. I'm like, I'm a critic and I'm sort of press, but I do pop culture generally. So for me, I think that like, it's incredible that there's this space and people can learn from their peers and be able to go to all these sessions and panels about programming and AI and narrative design. And like, that isn't 
very useful for me, right? Like, even though I have access to that stuff. So I do like going to some sessions, um, and I like learning about the construction of video games, but I think that most people aren't coming to GDC that are in my particular position. So my advice wouldn't necessarily be the same. But I will say this, carry water and snacks with you because you're going to forget to eat, and then all of a sudden you're going to get real hangry after the, like, 500th person that you've talked to that day. Oh, and also a battery. Oh, yeah, for yeah. your phone. Yeah. Like uh, double-A, triple-A. Yeah, like, like, like a D <laughs> battery. Like a, a really so useful it. one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like like we're we're adjacent. So we, I, no, no, no. It's true. Whereas we're sort of diagonal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I know what you mean. I, I don't work in the games industry at all, and I come here, and I still get to have a lovely time. And yeah. I think that that's part of it. It's meeting people and... It's good to learn about new things in life. I think it helps you grow as a person. Yeah. Just to learn what other people do. And also, being adjacent to games means it's quite nice to know what a lot of your friends do, in, in my instance. Absolutely. And like I feel like I'm a much better critic the more I've engaged with the industry. The more I, like, the more consulting I've done, the more I go to these panels, the more I learn about, like, how games get made. It doesn't mean that I'm like, oh, the, like... The, the narrative problems you have or the, you know, the lack of representation, it, like it's not excusing it, but it helps me understand better how these things happen and why there might be uh, roadblocks along the way, even for the most well-meaning game developers. So I find a lot of value in that. We, we, we used to get like, when, when, we, when me and Steve worked on Edge, we used to get like developers coming up to us like going, I think you should review games on the basis of how much they cost. You know, like it's not fair for <laughs> us. Like, but it's, it's not fair for us, you know, like because we, you know, wait, we only have that, X. Wait, but, what do you mean? But so, like, their point, his point was like, you know, we, it's not fair for us, like, to compete with, you know, Sony's big blockbuster hit that you give like seven out of ten, and then you give our game seven out of ten. Like, you know, come on, man, like our game's so much better than their seven out of ten. But like, I do feel like a <laughs> like lot a seven of, like, out of ten weighted on budget. Yeah, like, right. But like, wow, so, so I think that you but, should do that. But, but, <laughs> but I do think like some of the issues with like representation, like definitely are like budget related and not just budget related but like people were like you know famously like people are like oh it's going to cost x amount of money to add a female character but like they don't understand like that, that that's a bad like kind of framework to be yeah. like wait why why should why we be is, adding why is she the not there why is she not in the <laughs> but, budget but, but there are definitely like it's really interesting that you, you said that like about you know meeting people and understanding how the, like the kind of you know games are an art but they're also like kind of a, a craft, yeah. right? Yeah, and a business. So it is, and also just straight up not a business or art. Thank you guys so much <laughs> for being on the show. Uh, we'll see you around. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>
On the coattails of board games. <laughs> well, you know how you know vinyl records are coming back. You know, yeah. people need to prove that they're cool, and I think board games are the same thing. You know, in an increasingly digital society, people are desperate to, to prove themselves. Yeah, fidget spinners, same thing. Right. Yes. If we can ride the fidget spinner slash board game train, <laughs> I'm going to be driving that train. I'm there. So I don't what, are you, uh, what are you guys doing tonight? Uh, we're hanging out with you. Playing poo poo Tetris. We've had a good time. Um, thank you three. Uh, hi Matt, how's it going? <laughs> I'm loving GBC. It's good. always nice to be back here. We're having a good time too. Uh, we're going to be back tomorrow with a more formal show. Thank you uh, to anyone who's watched today or intends to watch in the future. They might watch it in the future. Yeah, yeah. could happen. Um, thank you to anyone who's listening on One Life Left's host station, Resonance 104.4 FM, the best radio station in the world. And uh, thank you to our tech. The people behind the scenes making the, making the magic, magic happen. happen. Wow. <laughs> we are we so... Were <laughs> it's been 82 years, yeah, Chris. It's been, it's we're, been we're 80 seconds. It's nice uh, that they dress like music. Until then, good night. <laughs>